Jesus, we give you glory and honor. We give you praise this afternoon, this evening, Lord God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to call our pastor to the platform for the word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. We have the right to shake the very foundation. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My, my, my. I pray they're online. They're missing out. Oh, yes. Amen. Certainly good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. And this is our final series on diving deeper. Uh, we've talked about diving deeper. The whole series has been four series. This is the fourth series. And in diving deeper, it's diving deeper with the Lord and in the body of Christ with one another. Amen. Tonight is taking my scripture out of a couple of places, but first I'm just going to have you stand for 2 Corinthians 7.10. I will read it in the Amplified. But we welcome you here. I do welcome each and every one of you here. Welcome Brother Aaron with us tonight. Um, I will say that he just informed me that the colonel, I think it was the colonel, the general, two-star general, had lifted masks uh, to where it's optional on Andrews. I'm waiting on our governor or someone to tell us when they're going to lift it. I happen to look out there. Someone sent me a, a link, and we are in green. PG County, Charles County is all in good. Uh, numbers are low, so it will be optional when they do lift it. You won't, you know, it's optional. You can wear it if you want. There will be no eyes looked at you or anything like that. We'll just be glad when they lift that, that, uh, lift that. Right. Amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7:10, for godly sorrow that is in accord with the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation, but worldly sorrow, the hopeless sorrow of those who do not believe, produces death. The message says it like this in the Message Bible. It says, distress that drives us to God. I'm going to say that again. Distress that drives us to God does that. It turns us around. It gets us back in the way of salvation. We never regret that kind of pain. But those who let distress drive them away from God are full of regrets, end up on deathbed of regrets. You may be seated in Jesus' name. So I've been talking to you tonight this, this last segment uh, in this series is overcoming the shark of shame and it's in our last series of diving deep it all started with the discovery channel sharks week but now there there are shark shows all over every channel you can find uh, uh, shows on uh, shark behavior and everything else and if any of you guys watch it uh, how many of you watch jaws <laughs> yeah Jaws 2, very gruesome, very gruesome movies. The Meg, did anybody watch The Meg? The Reef, The Great White, 
So because it's only, it is only one of my life goals is to not get eaten by a shark. My wife, when we go to the beach, they go in the water. I don't go in the water. Can't see, that's not my, that's, that's their home. I'm just not going there. But you might want to write these down. They're, these are, now I'm going to be a little funny right now. This is, uh, you know, nothing wrong with some humor. Uh, amen. But you might want to write these down. They're powerful and very deep spiritually. Really, not, not really, not spiritually. But number four, I'm starting with the last one. Follow the buddy system. Now, I don't know if you've ever went diving before, but when you dive with a, mat, with a tank, an air tank, and, and, and everything, you always dive with a buddy. There's always someone there because he has a backup valve that if both your, back, if your valve and your backup valve quit working, he will give you his, but you must ascend as soon as possible. Because now there's two people taking air off of that tank. And so you never go diving by yourself. All right? So follow the buddy system. There's some of, one of, this is a very profound thing they taught us when we were learning how to dive. And so the buddy system when swimming in the ocean. But make sure your buddy is a slower swimmer than you. You don't have to outswim the shark. You just have to outswim your buddy. Told you there's going to be a little humor here. That's one of the four. That's your, that's, that's the, I'm starting from four and working backwards. Number three, if you don't have a buddy, swim with a pet seal. This reminds the shark that a human being looks absolutely nothing like a seal, which apparently the sharks has trouble with. Right? I don't know if you've ever noticed on all the shark shows, it, it, it's never the shark's fault that you've been attacked. It's always the human. The human looks too much like a seal, or the surfboard looked too much like a seal, and the water was murky, and the shark couldn't help it. The problem is we're in their domain. We're in their home. And we don't belong in their home. Not when they're feeding. But, but the one I love the most is the exploratory bite. The shark really didn't want to eat that person. It just thought the person was a seal and took an exploratory bite and realized that it wasn't its natural prey, a, a seal or a turtle, sea turtle, and then swam away. And there's a big chunk taken out of a leg or a leg taken off. So it really didn't mean to attack that person. It's still their home. But don't worry about that. Let me give you the next thing. Number two, when staying at a beachfront hotel, never swim in the pool. Why? The great white shark is sitting out in the ocean watching you to wait for when you do come to the ocean. Get in front row seat. Little joke. Number one, never be featured on Shark Week, especially a special in prime time unless you are a narrator or a marine biologist who is an expert on why sharks do attack. Otherwise, you'll probably be probably a shark attack victim that you'll be being attacked that day. But what I want to talk to you about today, I just want to give you a little bit of humor, 
uh, so that you understand, I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with some humor, um, but I want to, I really want you to understand overcoming the shark of shame. And we're going to look at, at a shark that is devastating because it causes a, a distance in our relationship with people and with one another and with our closest relationships, amen? There are things that will distract and destroy a relationship in people. The shark of shame is a devastating tool that the enemy uses to attack and eat away at our very soul. You see, the shark, the shark of shame is particularly, particularly devastating uh, in marriages. It's particularly devastating in friendships because it 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 attacks them. The shame, uh, the shame shark attack, the shark attack of shame uh, is. We'll, we'll first start at a marriage. And why is that? Because the very first marriage that was ever attacked by shame was Adam and Eve. You see, uh, we see that Adam and Eve, and in the, it continues to attack every marriage after that relationship. And so I want to take you to Genesis 2, 25. The Bible says, And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed or embarrassed. And so this is a perfect paradise. Uh, the Garden of Eden is a perfect place. There was no shame in the Garden of Eden. There was no shame in being naked. There was no shame in their, their, their attire. It was all what God had birthed them in, right? And so this was before sin entered the world. And this is describing more than their physical condition. It's saying that emotionally they were naked and had no shame. It's saying that emotionally they were naked and had no shame. Hear me. It's saying that they were fully known, fully loved, and you can only be loved to the extent that you're known. The reason that we say forsake not the assembling of ourselves is because we get to know one another when we come to church. We get to fellowship with one another, and we get to build relationships with one another. We get to spend time with one another. We worship with one another. Amen? And so you can only be fully loved if you are fully known. My wife could not fully love me until she fully known, knew me, right? And so, and so they were fully known with nothing to hide, holding nothing back, and yet they were fully loved by God and each other. And this trust, this trust relationship where, was with no shame. No shame at all. But then they disobeyed God. Sin entered the world, and the shark of shame started circling their marriage. And, and if you turn to Genesis with me, 3, 7 through 10, I read it in the Amplified. I find, I'm not trying to stay away from the King James. I'm just, this kind of helps us a little bit. But then the eyes of the two of them were what? That is their awareness increased. And they knew that they were what? And they fastened fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Verse 8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool afternoon breeze of the day. So the man and his wife and kept themselves what? They hid from the presence of the Lord God among the what? 
the very thing that God gave them to bring shade, the very thing that gave God gave them to feed them, they hid amongst them. Verse 9, But the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you walking, or God said, I, he said, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid, no, Adam said this, excuse me. Adam said, I, I heard the sound of you walking in the garden, and I was afraid because I was what? So I hid myself. Verse 11 says, or no, I didn't go to 11. And so if you really want to know what to do if, shark, if a shark attacks, God forbid, and this is true, this is a true statement, if you really want to know when a shark attacks, the experts say you are to try to punch them in the face, poke them in the eye, and hopefully he'll let you go. Now, I don't know how many of you will be able to consciously, with your leg in his mouth and him twirling you around, will be able to mentally go, uh, uh, or mm, in both eyes. I don't know. I have not thought about that yet but I just know I'm not swimming in their domain I swim in fresh water right but it's the same with shame you see when we feel that painful feeling of shame we want to run away from shame we want to get out of the light and back into the dark and hide from it but when you run from shame you run from grace and the shame just grows and grows in the dark and becomes a vicious cycle and a doctor named Dr. Paul Looney, he's, he, he is a psychiatrist and a medical doctor and has great insight. Dr. Paul Looney says that just about everyone he counsels is dealing with the shark of shame. Almost every marriage relationship, close relationships are dealing with the shark of shame. And it creates so much disconnection in our relationships. And so we're going to deal with that head on tonight. Amen. And that's the only way to deal with it. Several years ago, there were some folks on vacation. Now, I read about this. I did not do this dive, but I read about this in one of the dive magazines that I used to get. And so what they did basically is they went down about 60 feet in the water, and there were four or five other people and a dive master. And you just get on your knees in the bottom of the ocean there with your snort, with your uh, tank, uh, your app, your um, your um, apparatus of your, um, yeah, your um, manifold in your mouth. I can't even think of what it is. I'll tell you how long. Regulator. regulator, thank you. Your mouth regulator is in your mouth. And you're sitting there on your knees, and, and all of a sudden the sharks start circling you because the dive master, they know that the dive master has come for a reason. The dive master has come to feed them. And they will not attack no one as long as they're being fed. And, and so the magazine is talking about this family. They decided that they were going to do this scuba diving trip. They're 60 feet under the water. They're now on the bottom of the ocean. And, and, and they're swimming. And these sharks are swimming around them. And there's, it's like six sharks, eight feet long, black tip reef sharks that would eat you if you were just floating in the ocean. But they know, they know that the dive master who has come there day in and day out has come to feed them fish and stuff that they like little better than what humans do taste like right then and there. 
And so they're excited about it and they're, they're ready because they're ready to eat. And, 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 and as I'm reading this in, in the article, it's like, uh, I'm like, who does that? You can't pay me enough money. There's things that I might, you know, I might take a trip somewhere, you know, go somewhere, but I am not going to the bottom of the ocean where animals like that. But when I was, when I was reading this, you know, the dive master was telling them, oh, keep your hands close to yourself. You, you don't want to, uh, you don't want them to think your hand is a fish. And when my wife and I were swimming down in the uh, Bahamas, the very thing they said, I had a, a silver ring on my finger, wedding band. They said, take your wedding band off. Do not wear your wedding band because the barracudas down there think that they're some kind of fish. And I don't know what kind of fish it is, but when they see that, that glitter, they immediately go after what it is. So they didn't want you to have jewelry or anything else on. But I'm thinking, now, if I have to literally stay like this, right, and, and watch these sharks circle me where they're going after, frantically going after the food that he's feeding them, I'm thinking, well, what if they're not full enough? That may not come to your mind, but I'm like, well, what if he doesn't bring enough? And so I'm just going, this is crazy. You don't, you know, he, he said, don't stick your hands out there. They'll bite it off. And so I thought, this is really dumb. To me, it was dumb. But so after, after they talked to the husband that had went down with his wife and his two sons, and, 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 he, and after he came up, he said, you know, I really think that was a dumb idea for us to do that. But, but it was dangerous. And yeah, that was, that, that was what I was thinking that the man said. And when he said it was dangerous, I'm going, I already knew it when you said you were going down there. It didn't take a rocket scientist or a college education to, to come to that revelation that going down there in the bottom of the ocean to feed sharks was, a, was the right thing to do, not to me. It sounded dangerous. And I was thinking, that's just crazy. But the thing that we have to understand is they were used to being fed. And when, the, when, they, when you feed the shark of shame, more and more sharks gather. You see, they get used to that. They get used to being fed. So it went from, as you read the article, the man started out with two sharks, and then it became six, and then every time he would go down, there would be numbers of sharks around them because as you feed the shark, and as the shark somehow, they either get it in the test, uh, taste of the water or senses of the water, I, I can't remember how they actually, but it, it draws more sharks to the area. So when we feed the shark of shame, it breeds something that causes us to, uh, uh, to draw others of shame to us. And we never get out of the shame. Instead of really facing shame and walking into an experience of grace, usually we feed the shame. And so we do a lot of things that feed shame, and, and, and we have this deep desire to have connection. I'm going to show you a video in just a little bit. But the Bible calls it fellowship, loved and being loved at the deepest level. This is something that the church has to grasp that, the, you know, i.e., you know, with everything going on with Ukraine and Russia, right? Um, we need to pray for Ukraine and we need to pray that God do something to the man in power. 
to change that man's heart. If I, can, if I walk in the spirit of love, even though he's evil, we've got evil on our streets here, right? So there's no, not much different in the evil in Russia as what it is in America walking the streets today that take children's lives, that take people's lives, that just shoot up. Uh, I, we watched a, 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 news, a news article the other day that said that this little girl was shot. The guy just jumped up out of the sunroof and started shooting over at the store and shot a little girl. Now, I don't know what that does to you, but I'm going to tell you what it does to me. It grieves me. It makes me pray harder. I have to pray harder. Because the spirit of flesh wants to go back to the days of old where we're not under the law. An eye for an eye. We're not under the law. We're under grace. Thank God we're under grace because if it wasn't for grace, where would we all be? Right? And so let me get back on my point. We have this deep desire to be loved, but we can only be loved to the extent that we're known. That's never, that is a true statement. And we're afraid if we really know the good, bad, and ugly about ourselves or with someone else, y'all won't love me. And so we have this shame that keeps us from deep and close relationships uh, that, that feeds shame. And, and, and we do things to, to mess up relationships. We do things to help separate relationships, right? Because we have shame that we're dealing with. And one of the biggest things that we should try and do, and I, I am far from telling you that, you know, your pastor went through 45 years of carrying shame around of being raped and molested that he that God waited that long I guess it was God was waiting for me to get to a place that I could handle what he was going to reveal back and make me deal with right and so there was a spirit of shame in that that I did not ever want to talk about that or discuss that with anybody I ignored that I buried it away because there was so much shame in that that what did I do deserve that I must have put myself in that place I must have deserved that right all these things go through your head and that's what shame does shame creates a spirit in you that makes you feel like you are guilty for what happened to you and you deserved it and that's not the way God's grace operates and so shame is also caused by this disconnection when you're not accepted when you feel rejected and they've done these psychological studies with babies that they call it the still face experiment i'm praying that we can bring this video i want you to see just how important it is to have connection and relationship um it's called the still face experiment where the mom will just look at the child without reacting and it creates a feeling of shame watch this It's only two minutes. We're going to try to get sound.
social interaction. And it's still fake experiments that the mother did where she sits down and she's playing with the baby who's about a year of age. And she gives a greeting to the baby, the baby gives a greeting back to her. This baby starts pointing at different places in the world and the mother's trying to engage her and say, but they're working to coordinate their emotions and their intentions, what they want to do in the world. And that's really what the baby is used to. And then we ask mothers to not respond to the baby. The baby very quickly picks up on this. And then she uses all of her ability to try and get the mother back. She smiles at the mother. She points because she's used to the mother looking where she points. The baby puts both hands up in front of her and says, what's happening here? She makes that screechy sound at the mother, like, come on, why aren't we doing this? Even in this two minutes when they don't get the normal reaction, they react negative emotions, they turn away, they feel the stress of it, they actually may lose control of their posture because of the stress that they're experiencing. Jesus. Powerful. It's a little like the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good normal stuff that goes on that we all do with our kids. The bad is when something bad happens, but the infant can overcome it. After all, when we stop the still face, the mother and the baby start to play again. The ugly is when you don't give the child any chance to get back to the good. There's no reparation, and they're stuck in that really ugly situation. pretty amazing, isn't it? That from an infant, we need, thank you, brother. We need that connection. We need to be connected to one another, even as, as small as a baby. It, it's, you know, God created us not to be disconnected. God created us to be connected, not only to one another in the body. That's why he said, forsake not the assembling of ourselves, but in family and in friends. We need to have friendship and be connected to people. Right, we need that, and so uh, as we just said, this this is called the still face experiment, and so shame, not feeling or not being accepted, not being responded to, or connected with, causes that baby to be distracted and distraught, and not understanding why uh, there was no interaction with her mother, that baby's mother, and and the still face experiment, what the mother did was she sits down and she's playing with her baby and who's about a year of age and and she's she gives a, a greeting to the baby the baby gives a greeting back and this baby starts pointing to different places around the room to engage with their mother with her mother and they're they're working to coordinate their emotions and their intention and that's the way it is with the body of christ that's the way it is in a marriage that's the way it is in friendship 
right? We need to, we, we've got to have a connection and friendship. Friendship is, it's not always, you know, in a, you know, sometimes we, we base relationship on a husband and wife, but relationship is in friendship. Um, it can be in uh, uh, two guys, and I'm talking about friendship, right? In a natural, right way. Um, you know, for me, I, I can say what I want to say to Brother uh, Reverend McNeil, and we're not going to get twisted. And he can say what he wants to say to me, and we're not going to get twisted. I can say something to Brother McCauley, and we're not going to get twisted, right? Because we've built, that, we've built a relationship that uh, we're able to... Now, I wouldn't get ugly. I'm not saying... You know what I mean? But I'm talking about just teasing and stuff. Yeah, thank you. Um, or even joning on them or something, right? I don't know if joning is used anymore. That's probably a very old saying, but um, whatever the saying would be today, we're going to get back to this. But, but we need interaction, right? And the baby quickly picked up that her mother was no longer connected to her. It was just a straight face. There was no interactions, no, no, nothing being given back to the baby. And so she smiles and the, and the baby, the mother would not smile back. And so... As you could see the movie, it's very imperative how much we need each other. Amen. And so, uh, you know, Dr. Looney says that shame is real and it is it can be very distraught at times. Uh, it's about connection. We're wired for love because God is love. We are in need of love and we need to be connected to one another. Amen. And in a safe place and safe way is what I'm trying to say. And whenever we make a bid for connection, whenever we reach out to someone, like this baby was reaching out to her mom, and that warmth of affection, attention, affirmation, it is a shock to the system. And these masks that we wear today have just about made it very easy for us to be faceless, to have still faces. God never intended for us to have still faces with one another. I was telling somebody, I think I was with someone the other night, and I was telling them, you know, I'm. my wife tells me I'm an extrovert. And I am, I guess. I, we go camping, and I... I'll walk the campground, I'll find somebody with a trailer, I'll look at his trailer, and I'll say, man, that trailer looks good, just like a spark off a conversation. <laughs> and she'd be looking for him. Where, where'd he go now? Right? But that's just who I am. I, 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 I want interaction. I need to have interaction with people, whether I know them or not. She's like, sit in her chair, kick her feet up, if someone walks by and says something, she's, hey, how you doing? And let them go, right? I might, if I was sitting beside her with my feet kicked up, say, hey, how you doing? Where y'all from? Right? Because I want interaction. I want to know where y'all from, where y'all come from, right? Where'd you travel from? But, but this little baby is used to her mom being very present. And we, as God's people, should be very used to being present with one another. But two years of being uh, one year of being um, eight months of closed down 
and then coming back and it's almost like fragmented. It's fragmented the body. Anytime we fear or feel the sting of disconnection, we're experiencing shame. I can't encourage people enough. It's time to come back. Time to come back to the house of the Lord. It's time to come back and fellowship and be back in the, the house of God where truth is preached, truth is taught, where, where the oneness of God is and where the power of the Holy Ghost flows, where we believe in one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Amen. There are no baptisms in titles. It's all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We need to be back in the house of God. Amen. Jesus is preparing himself to come back for us. And, and I don't know when that is. I don't know how long we have. And I could tell you, his word says one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So, one day, who knows what day he's coming back, but he's coming back. And the Bible tells us as we see the signs around us, begin to look up, begin to prepare. But that doesn't mean you stop living. That means you just still live and watch for the coming of the Lord. You prepare yourself. Amen. And I know we're made for this connection, but when you're, you're a child, when you're a baby, if you have good parents, then you have this trust that's built up. But then there's somebody who's going to betray that trust or your trust and you're going to betray someone's trust so it does happen if you if your trust has been betrayed and you're hurt then you betray somebody else's trust it just is a, a, a domino effect dr. Looney says uh, you get hurt at times and then that causes that causes it you begin to hurt someone else whenever we experience a breach of connection or a shearing of of that sense of attunement if we can go to the person who has triggered shame in us and reconnect, then there's healing. Okay? That's saying that if Bishop hurts me and I disconnect from him, if I go to him because he said something that hurt me, and I say, Bishop, you said something that hurts me, or you that hurt me. And he says, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Now I'm healing. Or forgive me, whatever word he wouldn't have used, right? It, and then I begin to heal. That's what that's what what happens is when people don't articulate, you hurt me, and you let the person make it right. Most people will either leave or get their feelings on their shoulder because they have never dealt with whatever shame they're going through, and come to you and said that attack caused me to go deeper into my shame. And so uh, we need to go to people when we, when, if, if you've hurt me, I need to go to you. I, I, I need to go to Brother Bavel. If Brother Bavel hurt me or, or said something that hurt my feelings, I need to go to Brother Bavel because he don't know. He might have thought because we're good friends that he could say something. And maybe that day I was just in a bad place, right? And it hurt me. And I might have not ever took it that way when any other day, but that day... I just was in a bad place. So if I go to Brother Babel and I say, Brother Babel, just want you to know, um, you know, that that hurt me. I, I just wanted to let you know that hurt me. And, and Brother Babel goes, Well, Brother Reynolds, I, my friend, I, I never, I never intended that. I, please forgive me, right? Now I'm healing. 
because he never even knew he hurt me. So if I hold that in, I just hold that in and I let it dwell and build up and then someone else does something and then it just becomes the church. Right? The church is the problem. It's not me, it's the church. It's everybody in the church. When if I'd have went to the first time I was hurt and said, brother or sister, that hurt me. And they had the opportunity to ask Brother Babel. That's uh, okay. Yeah. That's good. Amen. Anybody else want to add to that? Sister. So is this the one I take? Testing one, two, testing, testing. Okay. Um, okay, so let's do the question again so that those online will hear the question. Brother Babel. Yes, what happens when you go to a person and you find, you, you notice that maybe they're a little standoffish, they're more on the quiet side, and you want to extract the information. What is going on that they have responded to? Very good, very good question. And we'll go back to Sister Tyler. You can take it back, yeah. So what I initially said was um, sometimes it's easier instead of like asking, hey, is anything wrong? Just go up to the person and let them know, hey, I noticed you've been a little... Um, down or you've been a little off lately I just want to let you know that if it's something that I did I want to apologize uh, in advance I didn't I know I haven't done any I, I know I haven't purposely done anything to hurt you so just in case it's something that I've done I just want to apologize um, and then it lets them it kind of just lets them know even if they don't want to open up to you in that moment that you didn't mean to hurt them so in case that it is something that you did and they're offended by it they can begin to let it go because then you know, they've got that apology from you. But then at the same time, if it's not like, even if they continue to act like nothing's wrong, sometimes you can just be like, after you've apologized, just let them know, hey, and, uh, okay, that's what you're saying. I accept that. I'm here for you if you ever do want to talk. Very good, very good, very good. Um, it, and, and it is, and, and that happens, let's see, let me say this. Um, that not only happens in church, but it'll happen in marriages. It'll happen in friendships. Um, it happens in, you know, 
different arenas. But and so it's not just not just uh, per se in the church. This happens in friendships. It happens in marriages. It happens even with our children. Okay, and so um, oh my, something happened to my notes, y'all. Bear with me. Uh, so, what, very good question, very good answer. Um, I pray that everybody has received what uh, was said. I don't know that I could add anything else to that. It was very good. Um, so, um, I'm trying to find my place. Um, so, what we find is the devil will... Um, in a world that we live in, um, the devil will bring doubt, though. The, the devil breeds doubt in our minds, and, and that will cause us to uh, let hurt fester, right? Whenever we experience a breach in, of connection of a shearing, and I've already said that one, didn't I? Um, anyway, so it, it's very important that we keep, that we're, connected right I, I want to come to church and I don't want to feel disconnected I don't want to feel disconnected from the Lord because this is not only disconnected from one another this can disconnect us from God and so I don't come to the house of the Lord to be disconnected from him nor the body amen nor a friend in the church or my wife uh, right I don't come to be disconnected from anyone I want to be connected and a lot of times, distance happens because we're not attending church regularly. We're not here all the time. And so what happens is just like a relationship. Just like a, 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 relation, a friendship, right? Um, let's take a friendship. Um, so, I'm trying to think who I could use. I've got good friendships everywhere in here, so um, what I oh I can I can use Pastor Evie, okay. So Pastor Evie and I, uh, we were on a regular basis of meeting every week before COVID, and so um, at the time we met for prayer, we met for breakfast, we met and we uh, fellowshiped, prayed. We were we were praying over our, both areas. We were praying for our churches. We were praying for one another. And, and so we had built a, we still have a good relationship, but that what I'm going to is, is there was a disconnect in our time of getting together and praying, right? And there was a disconnect in getting a bite to eat together. And so, you know, even though we still talked on the phone, there was still the phone relationship. Uh, we still went to, we did try to get away and go camping every once in a while, but there was a disconnect by and, and that will happen, right? Every relationship has to be worked on, be it a, a marriage, be it a friendship, but, right? If, if I want to keep that friend, that by, uh, my dad told me, show yourself friendly, son. If you want to be friendly, be, show yourself friendly. And so, you know, if you want to be friendly, if you want to have friends, you got to show yourself friendly, right. right? I don't look at people and decide, is that someone I want to be a friend with? I just talk to everybody, and you, know, you get to learn whether they'll be a friend or not be a friend. Most of the time, they will, they will, once, if you, if you bring anything up about the Lord, right, God's blessed me, thank you, God blessed me, amen, 
You know, they say something. We were, we were in a Brother McCauley's house, and this plumber come down, man. He every word out of his mouth. Man, it was taking everything in me to stay, to stay right. He was a plumber, and he talked like a plumber. In the house, you know, and I was like, man, when he finally, of course, Dave said, you talked to him too much. You should have got him out of here. Uh, but I, I was trying, what I was doing, I was, everything he would say something, I'd go, well, God blessed me or God blessed him or, you know what I mean, God's been good to us. And, you know, I, I was professing Christ to him in a way, you know, trying to, trying to trigger that filthy mouth and that filthy mind that you're in a house that, that believes in God. And, you know, you, you, you don't just talk filth in people's houses. Right? And so, you have something? Well, I'll let you in with that. We had a, uh, a man in church working, and he was filthy mouth in the house of God. And I heard him make a few statements, and it got under my skin. I just told him, I said, you can stop that kind of language in this church. I said, we don't use it, and I don't, it offends me for you. You remember that? Oh, yeah, I huh? remember you that. You were there. I remember I said, it offends me for you to talk like that in the house of God. And I said, you can shut your mouth. Because everything has been coming out of it that I've heard has been filled. Did he say, I'm sorry, or I wasn't at uh, it? I don't know I what remember. he said. I was just trying to get the work done, and Bishop laid him out. So I didn't know if we were going to get the work done, or if I was going to have to do it, or find somebody else to do the work, because he was not, he was not going to have any more of that. Yeah, I heard it enough. I mean, this we don't use that kind of language. I used it when I was in the world. But it changed when the Lord got a hold of my heart. Amen, amen. Amen. And I, in the house of God, no respect, I, I was up to here. That's it. And that was it. <laughs> anyway anyway it's it's eight thirty now um i i wanna i i'm not done with this lesson, so I just want to encourage you um uh, we're in a world of that's a fallen world. Okay, this world is fallen. The very man that was in Brother McCauley's house is a fallen, is a fallen creature that needs Jesus. The very man that was in this house that had no respect for the house of God is a fallen creature that needs Jesus, okay? Um, I, I, I don't say that to make excuses for people. I say that because that's the kind of world we live in. Amen. And they don't know what connection is. They don't know what that love of Christ is. They don't know. And I'm closing. Come on up. And so they don't know what it's like to be loved deeper. See, and for me to love people, 
I have to go deeper in Christ. And that's what this series, this theory has been about, is that there's so many things that can keep us on the surface of snorkeling and swimming that will not ever, that if we keep dealing with the surface issues, we'll never go deeper with Jesus. And, and I've got things in my background that I have to deal with so that I can go deeper with Jesus. I've got things in my family that I have to deal with or I will never go deeper with Jesus. There's things in the church that we have to deal with with one another or we'll never go deep with Jesus. We'll walk around looking like Christ-like, but because we've never went deep in the Lord, we're not going to be able to love everyone. Right? Uh, and so... Yes, we put a slide up that said pray for Russia. It wasn't to be offensive, though it was taken offensive. It was meant to be, there is evilness there. We need to pray for them that God would do something in that country, right? Our missionaries that were in Ukraine escaped just very, very close to being killed. But our missionaries got out of there. And so... Um, you know, but now they're back in trying to help the people that will not leave. They're back there trying to take care of people. You know what I mean? Because there is a love for the soul. And when God's people have the same love for God's, for the, these are God's people, right? Whether they're serving him or not, all the world is God's people. And we, you know, just because there's evilness in the world does not mean we hate the, we hate the world. And so... I guess I'm, we're getting ready to have an explosion with people coming here. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. I pray that I get to see every bit of it, but I'm telling you that this church has to be ready for what is to come. There is going to be a tremendous revival here, and it's going to be of every nation. Every nationality is going to come into this church, and we're not going to be able to go and pick and choose if it's Islam or if it's this or if it's that and go, I don't, I don't deal with Islam. I'm not dealing with that one. I'm not dealing with that one. You better have been able to go deep with Jesus because they're coming for what we have. They're coming for a church that will preach truth and will share the gospel with them. The whole purpose that Christ went to a cross is so that we would share the gospel. The love that he had so much love, the nails that were driven into his hands should tell you and his feet should tell you how much he loved people. Anyway. Stand with us. We're going to close in worship. When worship's over, I pray that you uh, have taken something from just this small part of this lesson of understanding that we need connection not only with one another, but with the Lord. Can you imagine if we sat and talked to the Lord and he was just to look at us straight-faced? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to tell you, when you really get into your prayer closet and you really begin to pray, I don't know how you feel, but there are times that I feel like he has literally wrapped me up in his arms. And that is probably the most, that's when I really need to feel my Abba Father loving on me. Amen. And, and just... Let me know. I got you. I've got you. Right? And so in this world that we live in, we need to know that he's got us. Amen? And so I encourage you to um, continue to dive deeper in Jesus, in your relationship.
in our friendships with one another and in our marriages uh, so that when the, when the floodgates open and the people come, there's going to be broken marriages coming into this church. There's going to be friends, friends that come here and one will sit over here and one will sit over there because their friendship is broken, but they just came. And God's going to fix friends. God's going to fix families and mend families back together that are broken because of generational things and things that are going on, right? All kinds of stuff. And God's going to fix them. And God's going to forgive both sides and both sides are going to forgive each other. I thank you for being online tonight. I thank you for being those of you that came to, that came to church tonight. I thank you for coming to church. Amen. For us to make this connection tonight, to see one another, to greet one another, and to, to, to continue to be friends and to, to fellowship with Jesus. Amen. And so worship with us as we close. We love you. We'll see you on Sunday morning. May the Lord richly bless you. Have a good evening. Nothing worth more that could ever come close. No thing can compare. You're our living hope. Your presence, Lord. Yes, your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. I taste it and sing of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome come flood this place and Oh
Your glory. 